this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is this a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Greetings and welcome to Game On Girl. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. In this episode, we'll be sharing our favorite Robin Williams scenes and stories with Mark and Ryan. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. This week, the world laughs a little less as famous comedian and actor Robin Williams died. Williams was known as a comedian, but really was a very versatile actor, having made his mark in many dramatic roles as well. For this week's show, Ryan and Mark are joining me and Rhonda to discuss his work through some of our favorite scenes and clips. As a warning, at, in at least one of our clips today, there's uh, quite a few swear words, uh, quite a few F-bombs, if I'm not mistaken. So just pre-warning that there there is some swearing in today's show. So to start off, I thought I'd ask you guys, is this going to be one of those moments you will remember where you were when you heard the news? Um, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I'm out here visiting my friends and family, so I, I think it'll it'll kind of be part of that memory forever. Yeah, for the trip. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I just think it was amazing how it all kind of collided at once in our household through the yeah. different social medias. Oh, uh, interesting. Oh, I want to hear this. Tell me about first, this. First, uh, you know, Candace came out and looked at me and goes, did you hear the sad news? And I go, no. She goes, Robin Williams died. I'm like, what? And, you know, I immediately went to, you know, CNN online. And then my daughter came up the stairs literally 30 seconds later with her iPad in her hand with a shocked look on her face. And... <laughs> Candace goes, Robin Williams, she goes, I know, I just came upstairs to tell you. <laughs> and she saw it on uh, Tumblr, I believe. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, see, was... I got off of, um, I got off the computer early that day. And I came over to check my email to find, I do that right before I go to bed. And I found out because Regina said, so should we do it, do a show about Robin Williams? Oh, no. Oh, God. And I'm like, What? Why would we, why would we do that? <laughs> that's so not in our wheelhouse. That's not what we talk about. What's going on? Yeah. So that's, that's how I found out. Oh, but it, it probably, it probably will not be one of those moments I remember. I mean, like, I remember exactly where I was when I heard about Elvis Presley. I know exactly, probably for about five or 10 minutes, what happened, Nine eleven when the, uh, Space Challenger blew up. Oh gosh, that marks the day I moved to Dallas. I mean, I, the the I, this may not be. It's not going to be one of those moments yeah. that kind of stands out for you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I feel like, in a lot of ways, his passing is. Um, it's one of the first times I felt really an emotional charge from a celebrity passing away. Mm. I don't. I don't usually have that kind of reaction because I don't feel like. I don't feel like I know celebrities generally. And I don't yeah. really feel like I knew him either, but I feel like his work touched so many different aspects of my life 
mm-hmm. in so many different places, it had more of an impact. And so I feel like that familiarity, and when Mark and I were talking about it, you know, the fact that he's been pretty much on the air since I was born. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. been a, he's been a yep. fixture in our lives since we were children. You know, I started watching him when he was Mork from Mork, you mm-hmm. know, on, yep. on that first episode of uh, Happy Days where he showed up. And then when he moved to his, you know, the actual series Mork from Mork. So, yeah. Or Mork and Mindy. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that he's always kind of been omnipresent, you know, in our lives and in our culture. And uh, it, it's just kind of like having the, the rug pulled out from underneath you, I think. Yeah. That kind of happened for me when Davy Jones died. Really? Yeah. yeah Only because it, w- it, it was um, an icon of my childhood. Right. And it, it's the very first time that um, a... a a celebrity like that, and it, it, this kind of segues actually into my clip for today, but um, that you begin to think about your mortality. Right, right. Uh, because that was a part of my childhood, and I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, well, I had thought about it too. You know, my Angelou passed not that long ago, but when celebrities reached a certain age, and Lauren Bacall, we just found, you know, she passed away too this week. Yeah. So, you know, when, when celebrities reach a certain age, Lauren Bacall was 89, you're you know, you expect it. You're you're in that frame of mind of this. This is the you know, petering toward the end of someone's life. Um, I feel like sixty three was so mm-hmm. not where I was thinking he was. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I I didn't yeah. think it's yeah. sixty three. Well, sixty three nowadays I don't think is really all that old anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, no. with the way you know medical science has progressed and stuff, I think yeah. it's more common for people to not start really getting old and sick until they're in their seventies and oftentimes live up into their eighties and nineties nowadays. So it it really, it really seemed, you know, way too soon. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, do we want to play Rhonda's clip since she mentioned it already? Sure. Why don't you uh, lead us into your clip there, Rhonda? Um, This clip is from um, Robin Williams' very first uh, comedy album, Reality, What a Concept. It was released in 1979 and actually won the Best Comedy Recording uh, Grammy in 1980. Time now to do some Shakespeare. A bit of culture. Yes, I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll base this upon a subject, which I will get from you, an improvisational subject. Time's up. (laughs) Anything special, current, topical in the news? Robin Williams. Robin Williams? Who's he? Who's he? Yeah, Mark, no, no! No, my child! We are not doing that tonight, man! No, no, see, I do. I'm free from that now, Master Bob! No, don't have to. Now, new for a while! We're doing something different. I'm going to be. <laughs> Five months ago, he couldn't say his own name. Thanks to your dollars, he's learned to go, no, 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 no. And you could have your very own series. That's why I'm before an angry mom. Shwet, time out. I have to explain one thing. I ain't doing the mock because this is why I perform here, to do something different. This for me, um... I, I got this album after I got the Steve Martin album, which came out the year before, uh, Wild and Crazy Guy, which also won the Grammy for that year. And 
we were just obsessed. I remember sitting around the the stereo and listening to these. And Robin Williams was obviously a lot more um, interactive. You could hear the audience a whole lot more. He played off the audience a whole lot more. I think it was a smaller venue. Um, But when it got to that scene, I think that was the first time that I realized that um, these celebrities, these people we saw on television were people. Mm. Not their characters. Right. Yes. Something besides their characters. They were, they were people who uh, wanted to learn and wanted to evolve and uh, were not singularly defined. And that was just a brand new concept for me. Yeah. And so that's part of the reason why a lot of times I will, see an actor or a musician in a particular um in a particular venue and I'll follow them if I if I enjoy them it's like I want to see what else they can do what what do they want to do where where do they shine where do they uh seem to have fun and I think that's what Robin Williams was doing in this scene he wanted to go somewhere where he could cut loose right yeah where he could kind of not be on script and not be mork yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Robin and, Williams ever on script? No. No. <laughs> oh, no. May, no I think not. probably for Aladdin, and that was probably about it. No, no. not even for Aladdin. Most most uh, of that was improv. Yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, so. Uh, I think yeah. that's a great clip because it shows something. I was, I was watching uh, Robin Williams um, live at the Met um, earlier today. Um, and. Uh, one of his earlier or one of his specials more recently. Um, and it, it really showcases that he very much worked with the crowd um, in, in every one of the pieces that I was checking out today. Um, you know, he, he always tends to start off his show by interacting with the crowd, like going down into the crowd and shaking, you know, hands. shaking hands, touching yeah. their heads, playing with their coats, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just doing anything yeah. to, to get involved with the crowd. And I think that was uh, a great aspect of, of his act and, and who he was. I was watching, uh, the, the late night talk shows. Uh, I was really interested to see what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the news broke, uh, most of them had already finished recording. Right. Uh, except for Conan O'Brien, they got the news right at the end of the taping of their show. So he mentioned something at the end of his show that day. Oh, wow. But uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I uh, watched the Jimmy Fallon clip. Yeah, too. last night they showed his first performance on Johnny Carson, right? And him running through the audience and stuff like that, and interacting with people and. Yep. Uh, well, and driving the cameraman crazy, and he's like right. conscious of it. He's like, "Oh, the cameraman hates me. Where is he gonna go?" <laughs> you know, and running from side to side on the on the uh, stage, and then finally, you know, they turn the lights on in the in the audience. And he's like, "Whoa." Look at right. all you people yeah. up there. <laughs> I think that that piece that actually segues the clip segues into him doing an improv of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another moment where I I realized that there were people who were just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because I had spent a summer trying to read and understand Shakespeare. And then here was this guy who not only improv Shakespeare, but improv comedy Shakespeare based on a random talk- topic from the audience. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody got it. Mm-hmm. 
And I always noticed after that point that anytime anyone did Shakespeare and I actually was engaged and I got it, mm-hmm. I understood what was going on, that it, it, w- it was done by some people who really understood it and did it and did it really well. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, oh, my oh, my goodness. How how does someone do this? Right. Like when I start to think about how his brain had to work. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, to be so quick on his feet and I've done improv I you know like performed improv before and and it's a daunting task and if you're not performing and I was doing group improv so I had other people to play off of but if you're not in that moment you don't click in those moments when you're performing oh man nothing nothing is deader than (laughs) than (laughs) bad improv no and and I've never I mean you know of course we've probably been edited to see you know and now we're seeing the best of the best come up with uh, with his passing but yeah, it it takes a lot to be able to be that quick and that, like you point out, that people got it and people understood the jokes he was making, even though he was, you know, taking a random topic and kind of running with it. His energy was the performance. Yes. I mean, regardless of the subject yep. matter, which was also funny. Yep. But just to listen to him and watch him, uh, you know, was entertaining enough that he could have been talking about anything. Right. Yeah, that's probably true. And he did a lot of the time. (laughs) And he was very topical, as any good comedian is. He, Mm -hmm. um, watching the different um, clips that I was watching earlier today, he, you know, that spanned from the early '80s, you know, all the way up to the early 2000s, and you know, he was doing political comedy and cultural comedy and mixing it in with, you know, him improving, you know, mm-hmm. on the fly with the yeah. audience and stuff. So, you know, his, his brain probably is amazing. <laughs> Should have been studied. <laughs> um, so my clip is from, I believe it's 2002's uh, Robin Williams uh, on Broadway. And, uh, Basically, he discusses the origins of golf, which I think is probably him at the top of his game. It's amazing watching and listening to that. Yes, and this is a segment of our show where... Um, Little ears shouldn't be around. Yeah, there, are, there are not great words. <laughs> if you want a linguistic adventure, go drinking with a Scotsman. Because you can't fucking understand them before. You land in Scotland and they're going, Till keep it if you like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right, you dig it, eh? Fuck it, you put a fight, burn the bullets, that's it, right? Put something you like, mate. Sure. Oh, fuck, sure, right? Man, you know the fuck, like, backside there, tweak your ass on the floor, right? Came, eh? Sure. Oh, sure, you dumb fucking bastard. You realise that, eh? And you realise how drunk they get, they could wear a skirt and not care. And how they could invent a sport like golf. Here's my idea for a fucking sport. I knock a ball in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like pool? Fuck off, pool! Not with a straight stick, with a little fucked up stick. I whack a ball that goes in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like croquet? Fuck croquet! I put the whole hundreds of yards away! Oh, fuck out yeah! It's big fun there! Oh, yeah, that's a great thing. Oh, 
like a bowling thing. Fuck no! Not straight, I put shit in the way. Like trees and bushes and high glass so you can lose your fucking ball and go whacking away with a fucking tire iron. Whacking away and each time you miss you feel like you're gonna have a stroke. Fuck, that's what we'll call it. A stroke, cause every time you miss you feel like you're gonna fucking die. Oh, here's a bit of fact. Oh, fuck, this is brilliant. Right near the end, I'll put a flat piece with a little flag to give you fucking hope. <laughs> but then I'll put a pool and a sandbox to fuck with your ball again. Ah, <laughs> oh, you'll be there trashing your ass, jerking away in the sand. <laughs> and you do this one time. Fuck no! Eighteen fucking times! <laughs> oh goodness! Oh man, that might be the most f bombs we've ever had on the show. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad I could be the one Two to minutes. pick them, <laughs> and I'm glad that Robin could be the one to deliver. Them. So why that clip? Because it it showcases one of the things that he did well, and I was reading about this um, online as well. His ability to do dialects and accents and switch in and out of them seamlessly. Um, and that granted, that's probably not the best example of it, but you can hear him switching back and forth between Scottish and an American English accent, um, just on the fly like that. And he could do that with pretty much, you know, I would, I would say any accent really, because he, you, you'll see him do it in a lot of his other, um, stand-up routines. And I'm pretty sure he's done it in, in a movie here or there. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I, I, was always impressed with that ability to do that. So that, that's why I picked it. That and it's probably one of his funniest bits that I've ever heard or seen, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's... I hadn't, I hadn't heard it before Mark brought it up for the show. Um, I think I missed You're a lot. You're kidding. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I think I missed a lot of his uh, more recent... I'm familiar with his older stand-up, but I'm not as familiar with his more recent stand-up, so... Yeah, yeah, that that one. Uh, I have to go back now. <laughs> yeah, on Broadway is probably one of his better, more recent. I put in quotes mm-hmm. since it was you know twelve right. years ago now yeah. at this point. Yeah. But uh, I when I saw that one, I remember laughing until I couldn't breathe anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, tears streaming down my eyes, yep. cheeks hurting, the whole bit. Yeah, I believe it. Well, Ryan, what about your clip? Well, mine is uh, goes back to probably my most quotable. Robin Williams, um, <laughs> which is Aladdin, uh, when oh. he played the genie. Yes. Um, I remember I was working at a retirement home at the time, and I would go around the dining room while serving dinner to people that are, you know, in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, quoting Robin Williams from the genie <laughs> uh, in Aladdin. And I just could not shut up about that for months on end. And still, I saw that I movie, the movie three times in the theater. Yeah, great. I love that movie. Great movie. And it would have sucked had Robin Williams not played the genie. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. That he made that movie. He made that movie. Yeah. And he ended up coming back for, I think, the third one after that, which I never did see that one. But, yeah, his his uh, whole presence in that movie was great. And, you know, it was hard to find one section that I could put in the show. But uh, the one that I picked was when he first comes out of the land. Hey! 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. Hang on a second. Whoa! Whoa! 
does it feel good to be out of there? I'm telling you, nice to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, where are you from? What's your name? Uh, uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. Hello, Aladdin. Nice to have you on the show. Can we call you Al or maybe just Din? Or how about Laddie? Sounds like, here, boy. Come on, Laddie. Say, you're a lot smaller than my last master. Either that or I'm getting bigger. Look at me from the side. Do I look different to you? Wait, wait a minute. I'm... Your master? That's right! He can be taught! What would you wish of me? The ever impressive. The one contained. But never duplicated. 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 Genie of the Lamp! Right here, direct from the lamp. Right here for your very much wish fulfillment. Thank you. Yeah, so that, uh, that clip is amazing um you know when i do when i teach class i do voices and sound effects constantly and i would have to say that uh you know robin williams and his performances and um stuff that i've seen him in has definitely been a uh, inspiration for that kind of stuff um and mark and i and our movie quotes and stuff like that and voices that we do with that you know a lot of that stems from his entertainment so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. lots of gain from that man yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's funny because as you're playing the quote and he's talking about, you know, the one and only genie, just kind of thinking he was one of a kind, too. Yeah. Just like that whole clip could just describe how, who he was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the comedians don't do impressions that much anymore. I remember, I mean, people like Rich Little, um, I mean, that was that was his shtick. He never did himself, and he was always doing something, someone very specific um, someone recognizable and, uh, that type of comedy, it, it kind of is kind of waned. It's kind of out. Mm-hmm. And Robin Williams didn't necessarily do specific people, but you knew exactly where you were right? Mm-hmm. based on, uh, he, I mean, he conveyed a whole lot more information than just doing a Scottish accent. He conveyed a drunk Scott. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, like he could so, contextualize the voice in a way. To get yeah. It, just like the the, the Shakespearean bit too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just going in and out of the different characters in the different environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not to say when he did imitate somebody, because um, on Live at the Met he does imitate John Wayne and mm-hmm. and Ronald oh, Reagan yeah. and, and does a great job of doing those as well. Yeah. No, he didn't. He rarely oh. sort of missed. Um, and, and I think, I think, well, I kind of picked a dramatic clip, but um, we, can, we shouldn't forget that he did have some really fantastic dramatic roles that he did as well. Incredibly. Oh, you yeah. Know, he wasn't. Which were, were, which were y'all's favorites? Oh, man. Dead Poets Society. Yeah. yeah. And Goodwill Hunting, probably right after that. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting is one of my favorites, too. Um, he had a really small role in one of my all time favorite movies uh, called Dead Again. <clears throat> which mm-hmm. was a Kenneth Branagh film. And he only had three really short scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, I, I actually really liked that movie, and I didn't even remember that he was in it until yeah. you mentioned it. Yeah, it's, he's, he plays a, um, a psychologist who's been removed from practice. Kenneth Branagh's character finds him to give him money that a patient has left him. And then he ends up being kind of the, the a touchstone for the way the rest of the story unfolds. 
Um, and he has a quote. I wanted to find a clip of him actually talking in that movie, but I couldn't actually find the clip online. But he talks about uh, karma as being, um, uh, you know, well, you know, you live the same, essentially live the same life over and over again. Uh, and that's part of the theme of the movie, of course. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was really, it was really a very short but greatly impactful um, scene, set of scenes, I guess. Yeah. Awakenings with Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Was one of my favorite movies for a long, long time. Uh, that's a fairly old movie. Uh, but, man, I think that was the first dramatic role I remember him being in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he did World According to Garp, and I do remember seeing that when I was younger, but it didn't really stick with me. Yeah, uh, that that that's just a weird story in general. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one, so, yeah. I liked the, the final cut. It was a sci-fi piece. It was very, it was very interesting. His job was basically um, to do memorials for people when they died, mm-hmm. and um, it was a time in technology where people could have a chip inserted in their brain that recorded absolutely everything. And so, at the end of your life, he would take that chip and then he would piece together a memorial. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, he had to play such an even character because he was he was looking at all of the, the the most horrible and intimate moments of a person's life. There was nothing left out with the mm-hmm. chip in your brain, you know. Yeah. And uh, he he gets into some trouble with somebody and people who don't want it want it displayed, but it, um was a very tough character. Very interesting. Yeah, he he did a lot of sort of when he did drama and he did dramatic roles he did a lot of really kind of conflicted and complex characters mm-hmm. he also did some scary characters as well i remember yep I, it's been a long time yeah I, I i think you were the one that had me watch it right you and what, I, what movie insomnia insomnia that yes. movie really makes you tired yeah it does god i mean i that's the thing about it like the first time i saw it i was like why am i so tired like this is a yeah. really bad movie it's making me so tired and then i got it and i was like mm. duh <laughs> and doesn't he kind of do kind of the same kind of creepy character in One Hour Photo? I don't remember. He does a creep. It's a creepy. Oh, it's extremely character. One yeah. Hour Photo is definitely more creepy than Insomnia. Insomnia mm-hmm. is just, you know, a, a killer. And, right. Yeah. You know, you kind of know it's him, but at the same time, you know, he's yeah. not very creepy, just more intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in One Hour Photo is just like stalker creepy. Yeah. Robin Williams. So, yeah, yeah that one was weird to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't just that he could do a drama role. um, like, you know, Goodwill Hunting um, and that sort of thing where there's kind of that, you know, life story, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of has a positive um, uh, message or something like that. Resolution, he, he, yeah. yeah. He could also do that, you know, creepy, serious, creepy scary kind of guy mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, yeah. he had an incredible amount of range, I think. Yeah. One of my favorite um, less creepy, more sci-fi ones was Bicentennial Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I kind of, you know, you forget it's his his works were so expansive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like I forgot about Popeye until I saw pictures pop up on Facebook. And I was like, that's right. He was in Popeye. I mean, that Mm -hmm. was like 1980. Yeah, that was a lifetime ago. And, you know, Bicentennial Man, you know, where he's the robot who wants to be human and, you know, essentially, you know, reaches that goal at the end of the movie. Very touching movie. So crazy the range Regina did you have a clip I did have a clip I have a clip from um, Dead Poet Society 
And I put this up on Twitter, you know, pretty much as soon as I found out. But that movie was pretty instrumental in me becoming an English teacher and his role in it especially. So this clip is sort of some of the reason why. Today we're going to be talking about William Shakespeare. I know a lot of you look forward to this about as much as you look forward to root canal work. We're going to talk about Shakespeare as someone who writes something very interesting. Now, many of you have seen Shakespeare done very much like this. Oh, Titus, bring your friend hither. <laughs> but if any of you have seen Mr. Marlon Brando, no, that Shakespeare can be different. France, Romans, countrymen, me your ass. You can also imagine maybe John Wayne is Macbeth going, well, is this a dagger I see before me? <laughs> Why do I stand up here? Anybody? To feel taller. No. Thank you for playing, Mr. Dalton. I stand upon my desk to remind myself that we must constantly look at things in a different way. See, the world looks very different from up here. You don't believe me? Come see for yourselves. Come on. Come on. Just when you think you know something, you have to look at it in another way. Even though it may seem silly or wrong, you must try. Now, when you read, don't just consider what the author thinks. Consider what you think. Boys, you must strive to find your own voice. Because the longer you wait to begin, the less likely you are to find it at all. Thoreau said most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Don't be resigned to that. Break out. Don't just walk off the edge like lemmings. Look around you. There. There you go, Mr. Christie. Thank you. Yes. Dare to strike out and find new ground. That clip's great because that beginning piece where he's doing the Shakespeare is actually, it's not a continuous piece from the movie. So that piece had been edited in before he gives them kind of the pep talk and gets them all to stand up on the desk. Um, but it shows the versatility of voice and how he could very seamlessly, like when he starts to go into kind of the traditional Shakespeare, you hear his voice like change. And it, he kind of slowly moves it into it as he's doing the performance. And it really is, it really is brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I love the literature should change your perspective about the world because that is, that's what it should do. Yeah. He, he got me to quit a job because of that movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was a high school senior and I was working at a um, hardware store and just absolutely hated every moment of it. Just there was nothing about it I enjoyed. Um, and I remember going to see that movie and, you know, Carpe Diem sees the day, mm -hmm. you know, and came home and next day quit my job and told my mom and she's like, I get why you did it. You saw that movie. <laughs> you can't just keep doing that. <laughs> That's hilarious and awesome all at the same time. Yeah, so he really did have an actual impact on my he life. He did have an actual impact on it. Well, you so know, what did you do after that? Um, finished high school and then got into um, theater, theater work and yeah. stagecraft and wow. working concerts and stuff like that, which I truly loved and worked in for about 12 years. So it worked out. Yeah. Well, and I'm still teaching English. Yeah. For much the same reasons as he's talking about in that in that clip, so yeah, it really impacted your life. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. Well, have you guys got any closing comments before we go out? Mm, Ryan, you go first. 
Uh, you know, it. Uh, I've been reading a lot and watching a lot on his death. You know, I was I was pretty glued to the the TV afterwards, mm-hmm. and you know, once the TV started repeating itself, I stopped. But, um, you know, just the impact that he had not only on uh, us common folk that aren't in entertainment, um, but you know, the people that are around him, the different comedians and actors and actresses that he worked with and just the wonderful things that they had to say uh, about him and you know i you know it should be mentioned that you know he did spend you know many years helping the homeless through comic relief uh and my brother and i used to watch comic relief religiously and i mean that show alone introduced us to you know a, a ton of different comics that we still love today um and the acts that they did um so you know he he was a great man. He wasn't perfect and obviously had some some issues, but who doesn't? Right. And, you know, thank you, Robin. Yeah. Um, I, I read a, an article that said five things you didn't know about Robin Williams or five things you didn't know Robin Williams did. And one of them was um, he called Steven Spielberg um, every day when he was filming Schindler's List just to make him laugh, hmm. to give him some levity for the situation while he was filming such a serious serious movie um and i just thought that that was great because well who wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) want to be getting phone calls from robin williams while you're you know creating this like deep and dark and and uh touching but you know dramatic and difficult material who wouldn't want robin williams to be the levity in that situation Mm -hmm. so i think uh i think the reason i'm here um doing this today is because Mm -hmm. He was one of our own. Mm-hmm. He, he was a gamer. He's a gamer. He was a gamer geek. And, yep. you know, I mean, this shows in the fact that uh, they named their daughter Zelda. Um, I, if I recall correctly, it wasn't just his decision, though. I think uh, his oldest son, Zach, um, was asked what to name <laughs> um, his sister. And I think he, he made that suggestion. Yeah, made that suggestion. And Robin Williams, being a gamer, said, yep, we'll go with it. <laughs> and, yeah. And... Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know if it's for sure a fact, but it's always been rumored that uh, he played World of Warcraft. And mm-hmm. um, if you look online, you can find instances of him playing a lot of different games, including the Zelda series and such. Yeah. Um, played that with his daughter. They were in a, a series of commercials for it for Nintendo. So, I mean, he was one of ours, really, when yeah. you think about it. So Yeah, they're going to immortalize him in World of Warcraft. Oh, nice. Like to make a character of his, and I'm assuming probably in the next expansion. But Are they really? Yes, they are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, kudos to Blizzard for that. Yep. Well, we appreciate you all uh, joining us today. Um, this is something that we wanted to do. If you would like to leave some comments about um, our specific question, what is your memory of Robin Williams or how is it that maybe he touched your life Uh, we'd love to hear your stories as well you've been listening to Game on Girl you can find all our social media connections on our website GameOnGirl.com I'm the co-host Rhonda Oglesby you can find me on Tumblr, Instagram Twitter or email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com and I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs. Uh, just to close out the, the show today as we finish talking about Robin Williams, um, if you're experiencing hopeless or suicidal thoughts, please seek help. Call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. One lesson I hope we all can take away from Robin Williams' death is that none of us are immune to the dangers of depression.
So please seek help. Talk to your family. Talk to the people at the suicide hotline. Do what you need to do. Game on Girls available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, gameongirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons Attribution License. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! Game on!